Hey guys, welcome back to First Time Outdoors. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking some safety tips, uh, mostly regarding whitetail hunting and climbing tree stands. Uh, some of the basic equipment that you're going to need and some things to watch out for. Uh, Mike and I have both had a, a close call or two out in the woods and we want to share some of the things we've learned with you guys. So stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Yeah, bud. So I heard you had a bit of a uh, of an incident this weekend when you're still out hunting whitetails, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I have a couple of doe tags left to fill, so I went out on Sunday afternoon with uh, with my dad, who also has a couple doe tags to fill, and and uh, we both decided to hunt out of some different stands, and so walking to the stand where I wanted to put my dad, he hadn't been to that spot yet. So I walked into the stand and on my way there, we walked by the deer stand that I sat in and shot that nice buck out of. And, uh, I realized that I had left my tree strap up there. I could see it hanging from the tree and, and, uh, heading to a different stand. I knew I was going to need it. So I climbed up that tree to go retrieve my tree strap. And, uh, I was a little bit careless, I guess, and a little bit hasty. I was in a hurry to get up and down that tree. Um, and I fell out. It was the first time I've ever fallen out of a tree while, uh, deer hunting. Jeez, man. So, um, so to kind of set the scene here, the, as I've mentioned before, that stand is in a tree that's pretty big. Um, it's a big cottonwood tree, uh, which provides me, uh, a larger person, a really good breakup. So I, I like it for that reason. I, they can't really, deer can't pick me out of that spot cause the, I'm, I'm shielded with a big tree. Um, but the negative part of that is I don't have a set of sticks with a strap long enough, climbing sticks with a strap long enough that could reach around that tree. Mm-hmm. And so what I decided to do was use screw-in steps. And so what that basically means is you have um, a, f- a platform on a, a metal screw, basically, that you twist into the tree. Um, and so I s- screwed a bunch of steps into that tree and then have been hunting out of it for months. And uh, in this particular case, I was going up that tree and I got about... 10, maybe 12 feet up. I had my foot on uh, the screw-in step, and I was kind of bear-hugging the tree and was bringing my left foot up to the next step, and my right foot slipped off of the the rung that I was standing on. Um, I remember distinctly the sound of that, like that metallic, like, twing sound oh, of my man. foot sliding off of, the, off of that peg. And it was like a slow motion. I I can remember thinking to myself like that. Oh no! That yeah. thought of like this is not good. And yet, like you can't grab onto anything, right? Right? Like I think a lot of people that fall out of tree stands or whatever, they think that they can, they'll be able to grab onto something. Yeah. I mean, no way. Right. I mean, I couldn't get my arms around this tree for one. It was too big, and then there just was nothing to grab onto. I mean, you can't really 
claw your way onto the bark of a tree. It just can't happen. Mm-hmm. And I also remember the thought that like I'm gonna hit all of these screw in steps. So like metal hooks that are sticking out of this tree. I'm, there's probably ten of them between me and the ground. Yep. And I remember thinking like I'm gonna hit these. And so I had enough. I don't know what you'd call it forethought or wherewithal i guess in that moment to push myself away from the tree to avoid um all those steps i did catch one of them on the back side of my left arm and left a pretty good bruise but um i landed on my feet on the ground which was good except for my legs were straight like my my knees were locked in the straight position so when i landed (laughs) <laughs> my left my left leg uh the knee joint bent backwards um and so i i immediately felt that that uh zing of pain kind of shoot up my leg and i rolled onto my back and i laid there for a couple seconds and probably groaning and moaning but i was thinking to myself like okay how bad is this and uh, my dad had not climbed up into his tree yet, and he was only probably 15 yards away, heard me, and was like, was that you, Mike? What happened? And I was like, I fell. Mm. And he, he, he came walking over and was checking in, like, how are you doing? How are you doing? And I was, still wasn't quite sure. Um, so I kind of walked it off a little bit and... Ended up walking to my stand, which was a long ways away, probably a half mile. It's a quarter mile, probably, away. Um, sore, but was doing okay. Um, and then during that hunt, I didn't see anything, but I was kind of out of it at that point. Yeah. It was more or less just sticking it out because I was hoping my dad would shoot a doe. So. Did you have a did you have a strap when you climbed into your second stand? I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I had a strap. Um, what I I didn't have an extra one, but there was a, a cinch strap that you'd use to like tie down. I don't know a, a load on your trailer or something that was in the back of my dad's truck. So I grabbed that. Yeah. Because I, I needed something for being up in the tree, so I had that, and it worked fine. Yeah. For safety wise, but it was actually like holding me too tight to the tree. So Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I didn't have a whole lot of range of motion, but, um, it got me thinking though, that there's, we've done a lot of talking about deer hunting and bow hunting and setting up stands and where to set them up and all that stuff that goes into it. But we haven't really talked at all about how to do it safely. Yep. And uh, I'm hopeful that in this podcast, people can learn from the mistake that I made because it's, it's a very easy mistake to make. The, the most common injury for like falling injuries for deer hunting comes when you're climbing in and out of your stand, yep. which is when people aren't hooked up and there's ways that you still can be. Um, and I wasn't. Yeah. So we're going to go through and talk about um, some of the different ways that you could keep yourself safe to avoid those kind of falls. And it's, it's especially made more relevant by, um, winter and the the temperatures changing. Yep. So, yeah. So I think, uh, just to be fair to you as well, last year I had a slip out my slant, my stand kicked out as well, uh, that I was standing on. 
Um, and luckily I had been attached to the tree. I, I uh, clipped into my safety rope uh, above me, but I don't even know what happened at the time. Like it, it was a little bit slick out. Um, I hung my stand and um, part of me thinks that like, I, I don't know, I kind of got bonked on the head, but I don't think it was, I think it all just happened so fast. I don't think that that was like the cause of why I don't remember, but it like, all of a sudden I was just falling like mm-hmm. the stand just I was standing on top of it facing outward and I just my stand just slipped and I just fell and completely crashed the stand like was bouncing on I got below my stand so I fell that far like I oh. fell I fell as far as my harness would let me mm-hmm. so I was going to the ground if I yeah. if I didn't have that harness on yeah. which would have been terrible I had no like just like you said I had no um like conscious awareness to grab anything like I was just mm-hmm. falling like so that experience for me was definitely a, a huge learning experience and I felt really lucky that nothing bad happened because um, I could have seen it very easily could have been a terrible um, terrible moment and it is for a lot of people life-changing yeah. moment um, I was just listening to a meat eater podcast uh, I was gonna pull it up before I we started talking about this but they had a doctor on and they were talking about injuries and uh, he said that this is the most common um, most common hunting and fishing injury probably just hunting I guess um, is a tree stand like falling out of your tree stand um, it is episode 192. Uh, Dr. Alan Lazara. So I think for anybody listening, check that out. They go through a lot of other injuries um, mm-hmm. to being safe. It's a pretty pretty great episode, but he just talks about from like a doctor's perspective and how many victims he sees and some of the you know the bad stuff from paralyzing to, to death. Um, mm-hmm. Guys hitting, screwing steps as they fall down just like you did and getting gashed open. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty gnarly stuff, but it's good to have an awareness of what could happen. So yeah, that's, it's happened to me too. Um, and then I actually took some steps, um, this year to change my setup entirely so that I, uh, could be more safe. And I don't know if I would, I'm necessarily more safe, but I have a, a confidence of being more safe. And that was the changing to the saddle setup for me. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest hesitations or difficulties, one of my biggest struggles previously was dealing with hanging the stand. Yeah. that initial setup spot. So even when I used a, I mean, a lot of guys don't use a lineman's rope, which is a rope that ties in from your harness around the tree and clips into your harness again. So that even if you were to fall, you would fall into the tree and there's no way to completely fall like to the ground. You you might fall and get scraped up a little bit if you completely lose control, mm-hmm. but you're going to be like hugging the tree. Um, so a lot of guys use that so that they can be hands-free you can by leaning away slightly uh you can use both hands and if you can look up youtube videos and whatnot on on lineman's rope but a lot of guys don't even use that when they hang their stands they'll just i didn't until like three years ago yeah and that just seems like this is one of those things that i just found in my before i started hunting like this is how you do it so i've always it was like standard for me and when i think i heard that you didn't and some people didn't it's like this that sounds so hard to not use alignments rope uh but then yeah so imagine you're up at the top of your last climbing stick or a step and you're pulling up maybe a i don't know 15 20 pound stand and then trying to securely tighten that to the tree and then make sure it cams down and, and locks into place and then getting up i mean you're you're working yeah. it's a 
it's a safety hazard for one and for a and then b it's hard to do it quietly yeah. as from like a hunting perspective yeah. so it's like this hard tension there um so for me i wanted to get away from that I, I felt like that was part of my error when i slipped out was like rushing through that process because it was kind of difficult and and strenuous mm-hmm. so maybe not tightening it You're as well as i could have enough not looking that the the connection points to the tree were like really solidly on as I tightened down the strap. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened, but like I think it was a result of it being heavy. So um changing to a a saddle or the the tethered situ- uh setup that I have, it's basically now a 3 a 3 pound platform that I bring up, mm-hmm. which is completely doable with one hand. Um I'm not struggling. I can really take the time to make sure everything's tight and it just makes me feel safer. Yeah. So that's one thing. It's just feeling, having the confidence in your equipment. Maybe you are confident in, in hanging a stand, but that was one option that I felt like I, I wanted to kind of refine mm-hmm. what I was doing so that I could feel safer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And I think for you and in your case, being new to it, you weren't, I mean, learning how to set up a saddle and um, that whole setup was probably easy for you to to learn from for me over the years I've gotten pretty good at hanging stands and so I don't know if I'm quite willing to yeah. make that switch <coughs> but there are there are better ways to do it and I'm over the years have learned how to do it more safely. So the way that I used to do it and um, which is not the way to do it would would be to I would climb up with no lineman's rope and then I would have uh, the stand on my back and I climb up and then I've got one hand holding like bear hugging the tree. Jeez. And I take the stand off of my back with like my left arm. And then you have to turn, if the stand's upside down, you carry the stand up upside down. So you got to turn it, orient it so the, the seat is up against the tree. Then you got to get the strap around. So you've always got one hand holding you onto the tree. So that means that you're like using your teeth to hold straps. And like, yeah, it's just, I mean, you're sweating and like your legs get tired because everything, you, like every part of your body is so tense to keep you up on that tree. And then when I discovered the lineman's rope, it took that I bought a brand new stand. And then with that new stand came a harness. Yep. And that harness had a strap. And I was like, what is this for? <laughs> and then it came with a, the stand came with a DVD. Mm-hmm. So I put the DVD in my computer. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. What have I been doing for all these years? You know, I'm lucky that I never fell out. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's a f- uh, quite a few times where I like I started to and I would just like throw the stand to the ground and then grab onto the tree. But it's just like, th- it's just It's a matter stupid, of time, basically, you know? before you do fall. Right. Out, it feels like when you're holding on with one hand. And uh, so I still um, am trying to convince my dad. He doesn't use a lineman's rope. Wow. And um, over the years, I've, I've I started using a different system for... Like now I can, I have a clip that's got a, um, like a cinch down on that rope Mm -hmm. so I can throw it around and then clip it onto my harness and then pull it tight. And I can adjust how much slack I have on that linesman rope. And I 
bought one for my dad, the same thing. Like, this is awesome. You got to use it. And the other day I was digging through his, his clothing tote, looking for an extra strap for the tree strap. And I saw that clip and still in the packaging. I was like, dad, why are you not using this? He's like, I don't even know what that's for. Mm -hmm. So I had to explain it to him. And, um, you know, and for, for somebody that's, you know, 55, 60 years old, um, those, those falls are, can be pretty devastating. Oh yeah. You know, and even to somebody younger. Absolutely. So it's, it's just not something that I'm willing to mess around with. And so I know our friend Corbin, who's a doctor, he told me once, uh, I think probably when he was in med school, he said that, uh, a fall of three times your height can be lethal. Like that's the start of lethal falls. Yeah. So if you're six feet tall, that's 18 feet. And that's like the height. A lot of people set their stands up. You can, you can die Mm -hmm. from that. Um, and I mean, imagine falling, you're going to break something for sure. If you're actually that high, um, I mean, you didn't get that high, but like if you're 18 feet up and you're falling onto the forest floor, you're going to break a ankle or leg Mm -hmm. or back. Right. Um, something like that. I mean, there was a guy at my church growing up who was paralyzed, uh, fell out of a tree stand. Uh, that's uh, his whole life, whole life. I knew him. He was yeah. in a wheelchair. Um, you hear those stories and it's just like, you never think it's going to happen to you. You never think you're going to get in car accidents and stuff, but it's like wearing a seatbelt. Um, so yeah, I think that that's the, the biggest takeaway. And I think the easiest, easiest way to stay safe in a tree stand the whole system is just with alignments rope. from when you approach the tree. I usually climb. I usually put my first stick up because I always basically have to hang my sticks, my climbing sticks, and then climb up uh, one at a time. So I usually hang my first one. And then when I stand on top of that one, since it's only about three feet off the ground, mm-hmm. then I'll put my alignments belt around the tree, clip in. And then so from stick two, two and three in the stand um, or anything else I may you know get up to, I've got I'm always attached to the tree and I've all, I've even thought about, um, adding a second lineman mm-hmm. rope. So I carry my, f- my first lineman's rope is attached to my left side. Um, and I've thought about tying another additional rope to my right side because there are times when you are climbing and there's a, a big, a big branch of some sort. Uh, the only way to clear that and use the lineman's rope effectively is to take it off and then unclip and and strap around. And if you had a second, you could run the second above the the limb clip in. And then, you know, I mean, that's just like, it's time consuming. It's a little redundant. There's certainly been times like, uh, like in Ripley, uh, when that buck, when I dropped my rangefinder when the first buck walked by, Mm I, realized that time is of the essence and I need to be quick and quiet. So I went down without a, using my lineman's rope. That's yeah. one of the few times I do, I have done that, but it was just like, I can do this. It's like, take a, take 10 seconds as I'm climbing make sure you're really well solid under this, these first mm-hmm. couple steps. And then, and then you can go and it's not a big deal, yeah. but it's getting in and out is scary for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, point being, even if, even though I use it all the time, I feel like I could be safer if I had a second. So yeah. I might look to next year, uh, adding a second lineman's rope. I mean, it's, it weighs next to nothing and it's just a way to be super safe. And that's the biggest thing is to, 
to give yourself the opportunity to, to, to get in the stand and to be safe and, and, you know, live to hunt another day. It it sounds like overdramatic to put it in those terms, but I mean, for some people it, it does come down to that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing is the Lyman's rope. What other, what other, uh, like equipment setup things or approaching the tree things do you have that you might do or yeah you've heard so of i have a i have what's called a lifeline and uh so this is a rope that straps around the tree up at the top so where your stand is and then it hangs down all the way to the ground and so that is used after your stand has been set up so you're using your lineman rope to get yourself up get the stand on and then when you get up onto the stand now you have your lifeline which you can use to strap yourself to the tree to keep yourself tethered to the tree Mm -hmm. for when you're hunting but then it also has a a sliding knot that goes down that rope that's hanging down the tree so you can clip onto that and as you're descending from the tree you're bringing that knot down the rope with you so if you slipped on your way down you've got a lifeline there yep to, to that's a, I think that's called a Prusik knot Prusik knot or a Prusik knot yeah. um, so if any of you listeners look that up it's a really simple knot um, that is when it's not under tension it can move freely up and down a rope and when it as soon as you pull down uh, and give it some tension it bites mm-hmm. and that's that's what's used in the saddle setup yeah. uh, as a Prusik knot uh, there's also a piece of equipment that um, I think Black Diamond makes it can't don't I may not be uh, accurate in that, but it's called the Ropeman Ascender, and it's a mechanical rock climbing device mm. that is the same principle, where the rope runs through the device, and as soon as you put tension on it, it locks. But if you, if the rope's not under tension, you can slide it freely. Mm-hmm. So that's something I got on the the Santa Claus list for the year. Uh, I want to get a couple of those because one a for the the lineman's rope. It's if you put one on a lineman's rope, you can do it all with one hand. Yeah. You don't have to move that tension rope mm-hmm. and then also for the saddle um because in the saddle to just change your height from standing to sitting the current setup is a with that pressic knot um so if you put one of there the mechanical device on there you can do it all one-handed and i can hold my bow in one hand and i could quick stand up if i need to um so yeah i think that's a good tip i the the tree line is something i i remember my first year not understanding how that functioned like I didn't get that you had to hang the line before using it as obviously as like oh, as obvious sure. as that makes like because yeah, yeah. I'm a hanging hunt hunter so I didn't I didn't know that like that didn't apply to me that wasn't a safety thing that I could use because I can't hang it before climbing yeah. you know well, yeah, it's that, like it's like a it seems obvious but it's like that's something to use on your own property or on some private or something where you can have the stand up and you did it that initial time. And then the next time you climb, you walk up to your stand, everything's good to go. You just clip into that knot and then you can climb. Um, So for what it's worth, it's like back to the conversation we had last week with Steve. It's like, even as obvious as things might seem um, without like a, a very clear explanation thing, you know, the messaging can get lost. Yeah. And in that case, in, in that case of that fall, um, what I what I get, I didn't say is that um, it could have been a lot worse than it ended up being. I still don't know what 
is going on with my knee, but I can walk and it's, it's seemingly okay. Um, could have been a lot worse, but there were a lot of, basically every time I went to that cottonwood stand, I thought to myself, I should bring that lifeline mm-hmm. rope because I am not confident on screwing steps. Yeah. A lot of people hunt with them and I, that's all I used to ever hunt with. So I've been hunting for, let's say 16 years, probably 10 of which I only used screw and steps. And now that I've started using climbing sticks and using ladder stands and stuff like that, um, I am not as sure footed on those screw and steps as yeah. I used to be. And they're just smaller and you kind of have to put your feet at weird angles. It's not as straightforward as a ladder. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that I always thought to myself, every time I walked to that stand, bring that lineman's rope or um, I'm sorry, the, the lifeline and use that. So every, but then every time I thought next time, <laughs> yeah, you know, Oh, I don't need it this time. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And sure enough, one of the times I thought that to myself, you know, the next, very next time I climbed up it, I fell, mm-hmm. you know, and had I just been like, yep, just grab it. It'll take you two seconds to walk back to the truck while when you're thinking of it, go grab it and come back. And set so, yourself up. Yep. Right. So it had it been a far worse injury, you know, there, I could sit and dwell on that all, all the time, you know? Think about like, oh man, if you would have just done that, you could have made such a big difference. Yep. You know, I could have saved myself, a, a, you know, a debilitating injury or what what have you mm-hmm. for two seconds of time. Yep. You know, two minutes tops, you know, what's it worth to you? Or just moments. I mean, uh, that's something, that's another uh, thing I want to sort of recommend for people. I've done a little bit of rock climbing, nothing outdoors ever, uh, something I hope to get into um, soon, and and you know maybe we'll do a podcast uh, on that topic later. But when you learn how to belay somebody or to use just to be a safety system, they really like preach like double checking and having, especially when you're climbing with a partner. So if I'm going to belay you, I'm going to tie you in, but then you're going to look at that and you're going to look over my knots, and it's just like five seconds. Just quick, give me eyes. Give me a second set of eyes. Is this all good? It's mm-hmm. all good. And now we both know that we both feel confident. So when you're on the wall climbing, you know that you had a you got to look at the rope, mm-hmm. the, the knots that I tied, and I tied them for you as well. So mm-hmm. it's a double. It's a way to check. Now hunting, that's hard to do, but I take that principle sometimes, and I think about like when I'm climbing a tree, to be looking, like look at what you're doing, and really give yourself that second check like is that lineman rope when i do use a lineman rope is it clipped into the right part of my harness mm-hmm. is, is the carabiner latched just simply like thinking like i'm not doing this blindly just take a take a moment because if you don't then mm-hmm. accidents happen yeah um and this year actually a couple times i i was climbing with a, a hand muff and a, and a fanny pack and a couple things that were kind of blocking my visibility to my safety systems so when I looked down, I couldn't quite see them as well mm-hmm. as I wanted to. I mean, I could, but I had to move. And I was—I remember thinking, like, that seems like a potential problem. Yeah. Like, if you can't see it so well, even though you're using it, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I can't see it, and I. I think I clipped in, and I didn't, and I reach up, and I lean back, and mm-hmm. it's not helping me. Yeah. So just not only knowing that you're doing using safety systems, but also like taking the time to uh, make sure that you're using them correctly is right. important. And I think the other added variable that happens this time of year when we're in the middle of November and temperatures are cold is is one that you start to get ice and snow that are show up on your stands or on your sticks, making things really slippery. Mm-hmm. So having that safety line becomes even more important, but then you're also wearing, you got more layers on. So your range of motion is less. So you got to make sure that, you know, if you're using screw in steps that you don't have a long reach from step to step, but, and you're also using, I wear heavier boots in the winter. Yep. So when you're setting up your stand in the summer and you're wearing a pair of jeans and maybe a pair of tennis shoes and a t-shirt, it might be easy to get into that stand then, but you should be thinking about if you're going to be hunting that stand in December, are you still going to be able to get into it with three layers of leggings on? You got your, your long underwear, maybe a <clears throat> pair of sweatpants and then your coveralls or whatever you wear for your camo layer, and then also wearing a heavy pair of boots. You're going to have enough range of motion to reach from step to step. Um, and if you are unsure, make the change then. Yep. Because it it could make the difference between you making it through that whole hunting season. Yep. You know, injury-free. So It's like, uh, again, like I talked to Steve last week, it's like if you don't think that you have the right setup from like a hunting perspective, like if you don't have enough good shooting lanes or what have you, take the time. I feel like take the time to make it right. And at the early part of the season, if you're setting up a stand and you go, this doesn't feel right, Maybe maybe it will give me a little bit more of an advantage from a hunting perspective, but it feels unsafe. Well, you're just going to keep putting yourself in that position all year, and mm-hmm. eventually it could catch up to you. So take the time early on to, to make your setup right if you have access to the same spot, if you have like private land access or, or a good tree on public that you go to, but also if you don't and if you're hanging every time, you know, look for the same trends and kind of how to how to make it right. You know, don't hang your sticks at different distances. Try to keep them consistent, mm-hmm. you know, um, instead of putting one near the ground and the next one, you know, as high as a step as you could possibly reach. Mm-hmm. Like you got to kind of have to commit to like, you know, I'm only going to be able to ever get to 15 feet or so because this is how I have to do it safely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that's a good call to, to change things early on. And then one of the other things that I do this time of year now is my climbing sticks that I leave on the tree. If if the if the step on those climbing sticks can fold, I fold them up when mm. I'm done. So if as I'm coming down, I'm folding the steps up that are like at eye level, and I do that because I'm trying to keep ice and snow off of them. Mm. And so if it if it snows that week, I only hunt on weekends. So let's say it snows during that week, and then I return to the woods that next weekend, and I've got a build up a vice on those steps they're no longer safe and so what i can do that's pretty easy is then just fold them down as i'm climbing i just keep folding the steps down and fold them down as i keep climbing up um and then also the platform of your stand if you hunt out of a out of a deer stand is going to be slippery it's going to have snow on it or have ice on it 
and uh, it's worth your time, even though you're going to make a little bit of noise, to try to crunch that through the platform. Um, because if you're watching a deer or something and you make a movement, you're probably not thinking about what your feet are doing. You know, mistakes can be made there too. That's so, a great tip. Hmm. Um, I've, I've certainly run into that problem where I come to my stand and there's four inches of snow on it. So I just take the time to just kind of kick that snow off and crunch that ice off. And, uh, cause you already have made noise walking in and climbing up. So what's another 30 seconds of you just crunching a little bit of ice. Yep. You might as well take care of it. Interesting. That's a great tip. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of items I think would be helpful to stay safe in the woods that you can bring in with you. Uh, the first being a bow rope. Um, so that's going to be used. I typically take between 20 to 30 feet of small paracord or whatever type of rope you want. But I try to keep it so that I know that I'll have enough, to, however high I'll climb, that my bow can be lying on the ground. Uh, you're going to tie that to your safety harness or your belt loop or something like that. And then tie the other end onto your bow. And so that just allows you to f- climb freely, um, not have to be holding on to anything else like a bow. I don't know who necessarily would climb up with a bow, but I suppose if you're a first timer and you um, are just getting after it, you may attempt to tr- climb a tree with your bow in your hand or something else in your hand. And uh, I definitely try to keep everything else, you know, hands, keep yourself hands free. Or rather, your hands open so that you can you can use your hands. I've even tied like a jacket and extra layers mm-hmm. to that bow rope at different lengths so that I can pull them up after me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess a lot of people have backpacks for that reason, but I, I don't have a backpack that I client that I that I hunt with whitetails uh, with. So um, that's probably going on next year's list as well. The other really simple item that can keep you safe is a whistle. Yeah. Uh, the Metro. Uh, bow hunt that i'm doing this weekend they require you to have a whistle on hand um if you were to fall or be you know in some precarious situation that you need help you're supposed to blow the whistle and i think you know that's just that's just something easy it weighs nothing to have um whether you hunt you know in suburban areas or you're typically in range to be heard by a whistle of some capacity and if and if you know, if you're not, you know, that's one thing, but carrying that can be really helpful. And I think that in conjunction with having a hunt plan, yeah. uh, telling people where you are, where you're going to be going, I mean, that can be general. Mm-hmm. That can be like, I'm going to this public land area and I'm want to hunt in this sort of part of the woods, or I'm going to that private land. This is the, this is where I'm going to be sitting. You can, mm-hmm. you know, depending on who you're talking to, who you want, how, how much you want to divulge to them. But if it's a close loved one, your wife or your husband or anybody like that, like you could just tell them this is where I'm going to be. Uh, I've got my phone on me. I've got mm-hmm. a whistle, etc. So I'll text you or call you when I'm out. Yeah, I typically tell my wife I'll be out of the tree. Um, you know, half hour after sundown is the end of shooting light, so mm-hmm. it's going to be shortly after that. I'll be down from the tree, and I like to text her, "I'm I'm down. Like, I'm out of the tree. We're done for the night." Mm -hmm. Uh, just a quick update so she knows and if she doesn't know like we haven't talked about it this um, thoroughly but like I would say after if it's been an hour she'd probably start to get nervous and maybe she'd be thinking about coming to where I am Mm -hmm. if she hasn't heard from me Um, that's not a bad idea just because accidents Mm -hmm. do happen if you're lying there and you can't get up uh, 
you're going to need help and having a whistle to help people get to you and a plan that's going to be, could be the difference between a real problem and just a bad night. Yeah. And the application in this instance on Sunday, when I fell out of the tree was really lucky that my dad was like within earshot Mm -hmm. of me. Um, but if he wasn't, I didn't have a whistle. Yeah. And also we had learned that evening after I had walked to my stand that he was not receiving text messages from me or, uh, and phone calls in that area have been kind of hit and miss. Sure. And so, uh, that could have posed a real issue had I been unable to walk Mm -hmm. and I would have been laying there for quite some time maybe just yelling for help or whatever. Yeah, if he's at but, the south stand and you broke your leg, he can't hear you. <laughs> right. So that could have been it could have been a real bad situation. And um, and so what we're trying to do now is just help other people that are trying to learn how to hunt or maybe have been hunting for a long time and just trying to get some more tips. We're trying to save you that that circumstance that learning curve right and i think that's a big thing for for newbies um is the the fear of like how to be safe in the woods um we'll get into more of the stuff when we talk about guns uh you know there's that that safety is obvious that fear that people Mm -hmm. have of of them is obvious um but i think yeah climbing up in a tree i don't like heights to be honest and the first couple times in a tree stand i it's not that high but i didn't really like it. Mm -hmm. it it makes me feel anxious so getting, giving people the tools, uh, despite the fact that this is kind of a scary topic, like it's actually quite easy to be pretty safe. Um, like we said, if you throw a lineman rope around the tree, you're not really going anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. You might get scuffed up, might get a little bit of a, a scratch on your arms or legs or something like that if you happen to fall, but nothing serious is going to happen uh, if you use that correctly. Mm-hmm. And just some of those other basic tools like a lifeline, a bow rope, um, using your sticks correctly and your tree stand, you know, getting that latched in correctly. Once, you, if you do those things, you use things correctly as they're supposed to be, and you take the time to pay attention. Um, it's a pretty, relatively safe endeavor, mm-hmm. just like anything. You can't go drive a vehicle without be- paying attention. Right. Um, so, yeah. Don't get scared of the whole process just because there's some danger. Just know that, know how to how to think about that and how to approach it and how to overcome some of those dangerous things. And you'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is I think we all know somebody that's fallen Mm -hmm. and, and gotten hurt pretty bad or worse. You know, everybody knows somebody, but we're trying to avoid being those people and who our listeners are to avoid being those people Mm -hmm. as well to be, you don't want to be the story. Yeah. Yep. So I think we're going to keep it pretty short today, guys. Uh, Just do a little bit of a safety briefing here. So I appreciate, um, again, sticking with us for another week. If you have any stories about uh, any safety issues or things that you've learned in your your time outdoors or questions you have about how to stay safe, uh, again, just shoot us an email, Jake at First Time Outdoors or Mike at First Time Outdoors, or send us a message on Instagram or Twitter. Um, we're at first time outdoors on both of those so we'd love to hear from you guys and love to hear if you have any uh, again tips or questions or anything like that 